Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you have came, come down to us as a baby, as a person, Jesus Christ. Many say that if we understand the incarnation of you coming to us, then we get everything else about Christianity. Because if, if you came from your throne uh, to, to us, to a stable, uh, to be poor, if you humbled yourself, then you do love us so much. And you can do uh, anything as you rose from the dead, as you rise people from the dead, as you will rise us from the dead, if we hold you in our heart. And so may we do that, uh, not only in this season, but in the season of our life on earth. And I pray that you would give us the, uh, the peace and the power to do that by your presence uh, in our hearts, in our actions, in our words. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. Thankful to our worship team for leading us. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And again, glad that y'all can be here on this holiday weekend as we start the Advent season. And uh, I have to say this, I wasn't going to say it uh, yet. You know, we're very, we're very grace-filled here. Uh, we want to be a community. Uh, we want to be a family. So we do accept all. Uh, Bill Moody, stand up, bro. I mean, just uh, check that out. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean walk over, just stand at your seat. Yeah. Okay, you can sit down now. Uh, And uh, I mean, I'm seeing all this maroon. uh, Yeah, enjoy it while you can, buddy. Anyway, um, all this maroon. And uh, anyway, it's fun. Glad we have a good time with it. Uh, We all, we all have our idols. Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, today is not a day to be careful. Anyway, lo- love everybody. It's fun and uh, have shared. So there is a lot of fun uh, upcoming into the Christmas season. And uh, we are in this series uh, for four weeks. So it's Advent. And I'm calling it Coming Soon. Coming Soon. You know, I always think about that like, you know, I love movies, love stories. You see the trailer, the preview, you know, coming soon. And Advent, I don't know if you know this or not, but Advent literally means coming soon, preparing for the coming. So Advent, we remember when Jesus Christ came to earth as a baby, okay? We, we remember that. Uh, but then it's also expectant, like today is about hope, uh, as Hunter and Kaylee shared. And so we should be reminded that Jesus is coming again, uh, that we believe it. Revelation 19, he will come on a white horse. Uh, so if his birth, if God coming to earth as a child is called the incarnation, God with us, as we just sang, when he comes again, it will be a glorification. He'll come and he'll look different in power. Uh, Revelation says, clothed in white. We believe this. We believe it literally. And there will be a restoration that at one point, at some, all things will be made totally new. So there will be no more brokenness in the world, uh, in nature, in, in cellular activity, uh, cancer, no death. There will be a complete restoration. Uh, this is the story of the Bible, and it's why we are very big here, what we call 
uh, this is not like a big word, just simple biblical literacy. That the Bible is, it's not a bunch of verses, it's one story uh, of a plan. And we're going to see this here uh, in just a minute in Matthew 1, of a plan, God coming to us and him coming to us again. And it's one whole story, and it's a way of seeing the world. It's a worldview. Now then, there are some things that I hope that you know, so this is kind of a preference before Matthew 1. And I really, my hope and prayer is that all of us, so me included, uh, we see Christmas this year for what it really is. Uh, in worship, uh, in the teaching, uh, in being here together, that we see Christmas. May we see Christmas anew. Uh, Maybe it's in a new way, but that we would see what it really means. And to start that, we have to go back to Isaiah, the passages that uh, Hunter read. But I'm just going to read two, Isaiah 9, verse 2 and 6. It will be up on the screen. Uh, But it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And then verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, Now there is a lot that those two verses tell us uh, for the coming of Jesus and for his coming again. First they tell us that that light has come into the world. You know, Christmas, if it's about anything, whether you're a Christian or not, it's, it's about light. I mean, lights on the tree, you know, getting up lights. I mean, often we get stressed about lights or how many lights are up or how many lights are not up. I mean, but Christmas is out that light, ultimate light, the true light, the full light, has come into the world and is not leaving. Now, if light has to come to, into the world and has come into the world, there's another truth, that there's darkness, that it's a dark world. The Bible verse just said that. It is a dark world. We continue to live in a dark world. Uh, personally, uh, things such as uh, divorce, uh, things such as single mothers, things uh, such as cancer, Things such as broken relationships, things such as jealousy or, or pride or, or envy or lust. Or, it's dark. Human hearts are dark. And so the truth of Christianity, the truth of the Bible, the truth of Isaiah 2 uh, and 6 and chapter 9 is that we're not the light. Like, you're not the light of your life. I'm not the light of anybody's life. I mean, I know, you know, my wife, well, she doesn't want me to be. She wants Jesus to be. But, you know, we we say, you're the light of my life or something cheesy like that. You know, we're not. We're not. Uh, Because of sin, because it's a dark world. But there's something better. Light has come into the world uh, in Jesus Christ. So, dark world, but light entered in. you got to know this. It's like, this, this is simple Christianity, but it's also can be confusing Christianity because so many of us really believe we're the light of the world. So many of us. Or we're the light of our lives. You would never say it. Uh, but we plan our, you know, careers, education, businesses, you know, teaching, speaking, sports teams, like our 
Our life is light. No, it's not. It's good. These are created things, but there is a creator who came to us. Uh, one example of this, you know, would be the sun. Not the sun with an O, sun with a U. The sun, okay? So I'm, you know, I'm deer hunting uh, a lot this week. Didn't have great luck, but saw a lot, you know. But yesterday was spectacular because, at least in, in North Mississippi, uh, the previous couple mornings were, were cloudy, overcast. But yesterday was just spectacularly bright. And I got out early. I love going out early at dark. You know, and as the sun comes up and I'm, I'm sitting in a, um, a, lot of, a lot of pines. And so the sunlight, like, like, goes through the trees and you see sunbeams. And it's just, it's beautiful. When you think about the sun, the sun, one, gives light. Gives life, excuse me. Gives life. I mean, plants, animals, us. We've got to have the sunlight. Some people want sunlight too much. But anyway, you know, they want, it gives life. It also, the sunlight shows truth. It shows the way things really are. If I walk out at dark, get in a deer stand, I mean, I can kind of make my way. But the sunlight shows how things really are. Uh, and then it's beautiful. The sun is beautiful. I mean, whether it's 6.45 a.m. or 3 p.m., I mean, it is beautiful. It's... And so do you think about Jesus as that way? I know you could think about the sun, which is also a created thing. But do we think about Jesus Christ as he gives life? No, he didn't. He created me, but no, no. The Bible says he holds you, he sustains you. The only reason we're here is because of Jesus. He shows truth. He shows the way the world really is, and he is beautiful. It's interesting. We could think of the sun with a U more like that often than the sun with an O, or at least I can. So that's why we need God's word to remind us. Now, if that's true, and it is, it's a dark world. You're not the light, but light has come. What does that mean for us as, as a people, okay, as the people of God? What is it? What does it mean for us? So now let's get to Matthew 1, okay? Matthew 1, verse 1. Our main passage is going to be verse 18 through 25, but I'm going to skip through this genealogy, which probably if you have ever read Matthew 1, you probably skip right down to verse 18, because I do all the time, because there's a lot of of ands, a lot of people, a lot of people can't pronounce, and it's like, man, this is pointless, but, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be the Bible, so, well, guess what? It's not pointless, okay? Uh, there are no accents in Christianity. There are no accents in the Bible. So I want to break this down for you. So what, what does it mean for us? Well, verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Uh, first off, it means that uh, this is, and I know we'd say, like, well, I know this, but it has to be reminded. This is a fact, Okay, this, this is factual. It does not start, as a lot of great stories do, once upon a time. You know? This is not a once upon a time deal. This is factual. And Matthew is laying the groundwork, not in, only in the verse, but saying all the way back okay, to Abraham. Again, the Bible's one whole story. So I know we like New Testament some of us, but like Old Testament kind of matters. You know? It's still included in the Bible. There is a plan here. When it's fact, it's not simply a story. Also, this would show us that 
God's timing may not be as we like it, but God's timing is perfect. Abraham, if you remember the, the stories of Abraham, God said, you know, you know from you I'm going to bless you know, so many people. You know, look at the stars in the sky. You can't count them. Look at, you know, sand on the seashore. I'm going to, out of you will be this blessing. Now, you know, from Abraham it goes to, to David. But it's not just Israel. It happens through Jesus. I mean, we're receiving that blessing now if we call ourselves by his name. So we would be one of the, one of the sand, one of the stars God was talking about. All the way back to Abraham. God's timing, though, may not be our timing, but it is perfect. It is perfect. Uh, and then some of you may be like, man, you know, I mean, this is good, but, I mean, Bible schmabble, I mean, I am, you know, ready for some holiday parties. Um, I don't feel worthy of, I mean, I can't really live into the part, much less look the part of Christianity. Uh, things I've done. People have left me. Uh, I've faced a lot of abandonment that I would never, ever share. Uh, but I feel it. Um, guilt, pain. Uh, I expressed that abandonment and, you know, it turned into uh, unhealthy ways from relationships to addictions, all that stuff. Well, if you go through this family tree, so to speak, here, I'm just going to pick out uh, a couple folks. Uh, first off, there is, uh, well, you could go through, but just Rahab, verse 5, Rahab, uh, she was a prostitute. Okay? Y'all know what prostitutes are, right? Okay? And she's here in the lineage of Jesus. Okay? Uh, another guy, let's see, uh, verse 6. And Jesse, the father of David the king. Great. King David. Psalm. Love the psalm. David. But then Matthew intentionally adds, and David was the father of Solomon. You're like, hey, no Solomon. Sunday school story. You know, all that. But then it says, by the wife of Uriah. Could have just said, the father of Solomon by the wife named. He throws in Uriah. Okay. David killed Uriah. Murdered him. Because he lusted after Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and they had Solomon. So Matthew kind of throws this in as well for us. The point is that uh, this, this, this story that is factual, the gospel, is for anyone. Uh, and, and I know that we want to showcase picture-perfect lives, but... We have to know and be reminded. I mean, this is it's for anybody here. And again, God's timing is perfect. And the last thing, and I will say, I did not know this until this week, okay, when I'm studying this. This is, to me, really cool, talking about God's timing. Verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the de- deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations, okay? So 14 and 14 and 14. You tracking with me, math majors out there? I was not. I had a hard time putting this together, but 14, 14, 14, okay? Uh, Now, that would mean uh, there are three 
Let me see. There's three fourteens. That means there are six sevens. Okay? Because if you divide, so three fourteens, so one fourteen, two sevens, right? I'm trying to break this down in my mind. Second fourteen, four sevens, right? Third fourteen, six sevens. You're like, man, where are you going with this? That would mean, it's really important, maybe the most important thing you'll hear. Jesus is the seventh seven. Say it again. Jesus is the seventh seven. What's special about seven? Special about seven. On the seventh day, what did the Lord do? He rested. The Sabbath is a day, but the ultimate Sabbath is Jesus. Your ultimate rest is Jesus. Here's something else. You're like, man, where are you going with this? The seventh seven is 49, okay? Leviticus 25. We're not going to go back and read it, but you could make a note of it. It's actually very fascinating. Leviticus 25, on the 49th year, was the ultimate Sabbath rest of the land. When all debts were canceled, so there was no guilt. What's seven times seven? 49. Jesus is the seventh seven. God's timing is perfect. There is a plan, an orchestration going on. And so I get like cold chills when I learn, grasp something like that. You may not, but frankly, you should. It's pretty vital. So how does it matter to you personally? Okay, this kind of stuff we like. Well, man, Monday cometh. I mean, I'm not looking forward to Christmas. I mean, I, I, mean, I just survived Thanksgiving. I mean, how does it matter personally? Let's get to Joseph. Let's see Brother Joseph. Verse 18 through 25. I'm going to read this. This is one of the classic Christmas stories. But again, what I want to, what I want to do is really see Christmas and not just get into the sweet baby Jesus versions, which is sweet baby Jesus, but get it for its fullness. Now, the birth of Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. How does all this matter to you? Dark world, light coming into the world. It's a fact. God's timing is perfect. Jesus' ultimate rest. I mean, what, why does it matter to you personally? How does it change our lives. Well, first off, if we really believe, and I said this, I guess it was in the prayer, but often folks say if you get the incarnation, meaning God becoming a baby, God becoming a human being, if you can get that, you can get everything else. Because if God can do that, if God can be you know, in a womb, and he can certainly rise from the dead and change your heart. But it also, it also changes how we live. 
how we act towards other people. You see, Joseph here is told something that no one else before had been told. He was told Jesus' name. He was told Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. God with us. And if you get that, that God in his glory came, descended, humbled himself, set aside his glory. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, my favorite Christmas carol. Who likes Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Okay, oh yeah, man. It actually, if you get Hark the Herald Angels Sing by the words, you get Christianity. It is the deepest, and I'm not trying to be deep, but like, mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Mild he lays his glory by. He laid aside his glory so that we would not die. If that happens, it should change the way that we like, not just act to one another in relationship, but act to, say it like this, the needy. And we all have needs. Uh, But also the poor. I want to read a quote that uh, I came across this week. Uh, It's really, really good. It kind of made me feel really, really bad. And it'll probably do the same for you. So anyway, but that has never stopped us before, has it? Anyway, so, but it's not about guilt. It's about conviction. Okay, so it did convict me. This is from a guy named J.I. Packer. J.I. Packer. And he writes, For the Son of God to empty himself and become poor meant a laying aside of glory, a voluntary restraint of power, an acceptance of hardship, isolation, ill treatment, malice, and misunderstanding. Finally, a death that involves such agony, spiritual even more than physical, that his mind nearly broke under the prospect of it. It meant love to the uttermost for unlovely men. It is our shame and disgrace today that so many Christians, I will be more specific, so many of the soundest and most orthodox, orthodox means right in your belief, Christians go through this world in the spirit of the priest and the Levite in our Lord's parable, seeing human needs all around them, but after a pious wish and perhaps a prayer that God might meet those needs, avert their eyes and pass by on the other side. This is not the Christmas spirit, but it is the spirit of some Christians. Alas, they are many whose ambition in life seems limited to building a nice middle-class Christian home and making nice middle-class Christian friends and bringing up their children in nice middle-class Christian ways and who leave the marginalized of the community, Christian and non-Christian, to get on as best they can. The Christmas spirit does not shine out in the Christian snob. For the Christmas spirit is the spirit of those who, like their master, live their whole lives on the principle of making themselves poor, spending and being spent, to enrich their fellow humans, giving time, trouble, care, and concern to do good to others, and not just their own friends, in whatever way there seems need. Again, I'm first to admit that convicted me, and I hope it convicted you, but, you know, if you start with something that can make you feel, I mean, honestly, I really made me feel kind of bad, you know? I mean, I was like, you know, a lot of that's true about my life. 
okay, about my thought process. That's why I wanted to read it. Now, good news, okay, is frankly all that this community uh, has, has done and is doing. Uh, I alluded to that in our Connect time, but I just I want to read just a few things just in the past month and then also in the past few years that we have, we have done that you need to know. Not all of you are, you know, a lot of this is on social media. Not all of you are on there. I've got this list just to try to get the numbers right. I've been known to skew numbers before. Anyway, so this would be in terms of like mission stuff. We call it like mission, you know, everything's mission. This building is the mission and ministry, but like this is what you might think of more as missions. Uh, Just this week, people in church at Bellwether had other people to their home at Thanksgiving who needed to have a home at Thanksgiving, okay? Simple thing, simple way. Wish we all did it more and more. Wonderful opportunity for Christmas. Uh, Last, or this month, November, we had a work day. Two uh, single ladies were ministered to as people from the church, you know, helped take care of their home and yard. Uh, 165, again, I think that's the right number, Operation Christmas Child boxes were packed and sent out, 165. So that was 165 kids who would not get anything in you know, a war-torn or famine-inflicted country that had a Christmas gift. 100, over 100 letters to veterans uh, were written by kids given to Span uh, and sent out last month too. This is still, this is just a month. Uh, turkeys, his heart, last week I made a, a, you know, I found out about this on Saturday was asked, so kind of made a plea, he's like, hey, we could at least do six, 30 bucks each, $700 came in uh, for turkeys, so, you know, over 20, 25 families, you know, you got a turkey who would not have a turkey, this is just in the last couple weeks, guys, okay, uh, moving backwards a bit, Honduras, many of y'all helped and were here to do the Honduras Call it a fundraiser. You know, I think they raised, what was the final tab on that, the raise that night? 60000 65000 something like that. Chair's like, why is he looking at me now? I didn't expect this. Okay, it's okay. Something like that. Uh, you know, we've given every year to Salt and Light. This year, we're at least giving like $3,500. Uh, raise more. Uh, Neil will probably correct me, but raise more has raised, and this is an account that is separate from our budget, Okay. And it's a 50-50 account. It's all going to mission and ministry because 50% is going to this church building, which is very much a ministry to this community, and 50% totally going out to churches around the world. Nearly $150,000 has been raised to raise more uh, over the last two years, okay? So that's not even the budget, okay? $150,000 in addition. Half of that's going out to churches and ministries. Uh, India, I believe... Tabor, is Brother James here today? James Monterola? You didn't make it? Okay. He said he was coming. So, okay. He got called out. Uh, India, $25,000 to uh, church plants, schools in India. Uh, church outside of Dubai, uh, $5,000. Uh, Italy, which is just beginning, uh, as of right now, $4,000. Uh, Heart of David, uh, ministry, several of us. Teddy over there, uh, at least what I know... Uh, $4,000. Mission Mississippi, uh, Racial Reconciliation Ministry in the state, $4,000. This is just over Thanksgiving week, having to really looked at the hard numbers. You're going to get that more coming in because we need to know like all this. You know, you say, well, I love my church or I love this little church. And, I mean, 
a lot of impact is happening here on the streets, in the city, around the world. Uh, the coffee day that we're coming up, sneaky beans, I hope people would flood that. We can bless people with coffee. We're picking up that tab, okay? We're saying, hey, as many, you know, y'all send people there, we'll pick up the tab. Uh, Span, Span has told us, like, we have more enough tutors now. We have more tutors than we actually need, okay? Span tutors, okay? Um, raise more, again, the more you give to raise more, the more capacity we would have. Uh, and then I'm not even mentioning, and I know a little bit about this, uh, individuals who just, you know, give out of their heart. I mean, the turkey uh, day is a great example, you know, $700, uh, but people have given to other ministries here from India. You know, Tabor Weisinger is being sent off uh, to go into mission and ministry in India full-time uh, in January. Uh, Heart of David, people uh, really getting behind that, uh, giving. So there, there's, there's so much that we're already doing. I just would say, as a reminder for me and for us, we can always do more. And that's what that, that reading that, that I shared first, can always do more. And I want us to do more because that's where God calls us to do and go and be with. So one, the incarnation. How does it change your life? It should change like you see needs. You want to meet needs. You know, individuals here, streets, neighbors, community, city, world, church, kingdom, all of it. It's all tied together. And we are tying it all together here as a church family. Something I'm very thankful for. What else does this say? Uh, this passage, a couple more things as we close up here. First it says, God with us. Verse 23, they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. God has done everything possible, even becoming, the creator became a cre- created human being to have a relationship with you. God himself broke the boundaries of time and space and everything to come to you, to have a relationship with you. You're like, I kind of know that. Well, no, you don't. Because if you did, you'd be seeking, I don't fully know this. Because I'm not always seeking and growing this relationship with him. I'm more concerned about growing relationships with other people or growing relationships with things that you know, might help my status or you know, my ministry, as if it was even my ministry at all. It's the Lord's, okay? So how do you engage in this relationship? Prayer? Remember that? I'm convicted daily in my prayer life. Bible? Rise with God reading? You know, I'm very, very big on what I just call biblical literacy. Knowing the whole Bible. It takes a lifetime. But it's not just a couple verses. It is one life-saving rescue mission story. Biblical literacy. Being here to worship together. Taking communion together. The Lord's Supper. Those are things like, you know, we can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's almost like, no, no, no. I mean, like, that's how we grow into this relationship with God. But then one last thing, and this is something we may not do as much, okay? Uh, And I would say this is courage. Christian courage. And I think Joseph exemplifies it more than maybe just about anybody in the Bible. Courage. Uh, We see in this passage Joseph's courage to face the scorn of the world. Remember, He 
loved Mary, but then she was pregnant, you know, and it wasn't him. And so he was going to divorce her quietly because he knew if how it would look to her and to him, you know, reputation, ruin, you know, people would look around like, you know, don't want to be in your sandals, brother, you know, and so, but he had the courage to follow the angel's command. And many of us would say, man, I'd do the same thing, you know, if I saw an angel. How do we know? How do we know? There, there has to be, and Jesus gives us this, a courage for us because we are facing scorn as Christians. Let me put it, let me give you just a simple example. If you hold the, the biblical, true teachings of the Bible on relationships and marriage and, uh, well, I mean, prayer and resurrection and you're going to face some scorn and contempt and ridicule. People may not say it, but it's getting stronger, even in buckle the Bible belt where we live. Courage. To simply say, I believe. In humility. I mean, I, I pray for our youth, our youth going to college, our, our youth here. I mean, they're, I, you know, I teach 11th and 12th graders. They're facing it now. Hey, man, why do you believe? You really believe that? It's going to be bigger in college. You're crazy. You know, they, they will say it. Courage. Jesus gives courage. Like, how did you, well, see in the Bible, Joseph had courage. God worked it out. God will work it out. Also, you need to, and this is really the hardest thing, the courage to give your life totally away to Jesus. It's not advice, it's a life. You're like, where does it say this in? I thought this was a nice Christmas story. Well, here's the deal. Joseph, the father, always got to name his boy in this tradition. The dad would choose the name of his son. Joseph did not get that right. And it says here, and you will call his name Jesus. Joseph also was giving up his life to be the earthly father. I mean, just think about that. You know, it's like, okay, now the firstborn son that everybody sees really is not mine. And, and yeah, this is awesome. But and plans are now totally, I mean, I was like, man, I was looking just to kind of build a good carpenter business. And, you know, I mean, wasn't looking to take on Rome or anything like that and just marry Mary and Settle in Nazareth, and oh, wow, now i got to go to Egypt. That happens later. It's been a couple years there. I mean, just a simple man. And he didn't know the rest of the game plan, the map, the story. Courage to give your life away. And the great thing is, it is an adventure. And it's a better adventure than we could ever plan out. We just say, man, here it is, Lord. I mean, I know next week. I may not know next year. And the adventure can start. And last thing, last point I would say is when you have the courage to just admit you're a sinner. Verse 21, to save his people from their sins. The adventure starts to just admit you're a sinner. You know, I'm, I'm very open up here. Uh, some open about like struggles I deal with, you know, sin. And, and the reason, and probably to a discredit to me at times, but uh, the reason I do that is 
is I'm trying explicitly to show you, you don't have to just be general about admitting you're a sinner. I mean, all of us, I mean, like, oh, yes, I'm a sinner. You know, I need God's grace. That's the general. No, we can get specific. I want you to get specific. I want this church to be like, man, I'm, we're open about our specific sins. And so I try to, frankly, lead by example in doing that, say, I can, I can get specific. I don't have to just have to. Yes, we always say, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. But specific, we're not going to grow deeper. Actually, we're not going to grow deeper together as a church unless you get specific about how God is working on you, convicting you, healing you, all that. And you can admit you're a sinner. The courage. Jesus gives courage to face you know, people saying ridicule. Jesus gives the courage to give your life away. Jesus gives you the courage to admit your sin. Do you want this? Some of you may actually say, no, I don't want this. You know, 1 Peter 2, you know, the stone, the living stone will be a rock of stumbling and offense to some. I want you all to say, I want this. Some of you may not right now. I don't don't want that. But in the the classical invitation thing, I'm, I'm asking you to take it, but I can't do anything. I can say, you know, the, the old Christmas carol, mild he laid his glory by, born that man no more may die. If you really grasp that, if you really grasp it, it changes everything. I'm inviting you to grasp it, but only the Holy Spirit allows it to happen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. You laid your glory by. You were born. You were born. You you were born out of a womb into earthly reality and consciousness that no one would die. I pray people would would want that, really, and like want to know it, want to breathe it, want to live it, and see it as an adventure. Thank you for the opportunity now. May we come to you with open hearts in your name. Amen.